Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Oh, our teaching time is about uh, why is Christmas such a big deal? Now, I guess the question after the setback news of this past week all around the world has been, it brings us to a place where can we have Christmas 2021 and it still be a big deal. I've been praying about some truths. I think I can show you how it can be a big deal for you this Christmas, even though we're in the second year of this pandemic. Now, you know, you ask a kid, oh, is Christmas a big deal? And right away, they're going to focus on gifts, right? Presents. <laughs> you know, Santa Claus may have to wear a mask this year, but boy, I, I hope I get my gifts. You know, you get a bit older as a, as a teenager and it's about gifts, but it's also about the food, right? How many of teenagers can eat? <laughs> and, uh, and then we get a bit older and it becomes more about seeing other people enjoy. You know, you have maybe a family you're with and you, the gifts that you give to others, it's all about what, how are they going to appreciate and benefit from what I can do, the, the memories of the gatherings together. And so... Um, it, it is a big deal right around the world. Well, for retailers, it sure is. Do you know, I, I read this past week that half of some retailers' income is Christmas purchases related. Half a billions of dollars. And then, of course, there's the, it's a huge annual holiday for so many people, a break from work. And, and people do things and they say things that they, do not do at any other time of year. So let's go from the, the micro and then we're going to go to the macro, okay? Come with me. I was uh, 13 years old, which means my older brother was 16 years old. And how many know that? That three-year gap at that age means that his friends were in a totally different league than his little 13-year-old brother. But I remember one Christmas Eve, we had just moved from Newfoundland to Halifax, Nova Scotia, and my brother said to me, he said, uh, do you want to go for a walk? And I'm thinking, what kind of trick is this? Is he going to pull a prank on me? And we went for a walk, and the, the snow was just drifting down lazily from the sky, and the Halifax streets were decorated, lit up with colorful lights, and it was just beautiful. And, and, and not a lot was said, but not a lot needed to be said. There was just that, that brotherly closeness in that experience together. Now, that was one of many experiences I had that Christmas that were positive. So you multiply those out by my 65 years, yes, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm telling you the truth, 65 years of doing Christmas, and then you multiply that out by 2.5 billion adherents to Christianity around the world who celebrate Christmas, and then add in the number of people who aren't even from a Christian background, but they still celebrate Christmas, and it's a big deal to them, and you have, if you... Can you imagine the zillions of gatherings and kind words and good deeds 
and memories that never would have happened without Christmas. You know, you don't even have to know that it's the birthday celebration for Jesus Christ. You don't have to know that it's the celebration of the arrival of the Son of God as promised for centuries, coming to earth to be the savior of the human race. You don't even have to know that to just have this cultural Christmas. My wife and I chuckle sometimes as we remember this little boy. Uh, I was a youth pastor at Highway Church in Scarborough here in Toronto uh, a few years ago. And uh, we used to uh, pick up kids on our bus and bring them in and do a program for them. We were doing a Christmas program for them. And we had this one mischievous, energetic boy that Esther sort of took under her wing and she was trying to keep him and the other kids settled as the program was about to begin and they were all excited. And my wife told me later, she, she, she leaned down to him and said, do, do you know whose birthday we're celebrating this Christmas? He looked up at her without hesitation. He said, lady, you tell me and we'll both know. <laughs> you know, you don't even have to know Jesus or even that it's the birthday of Jesus for this to be a celebration time. And so it's a big deal for people. Now, but today we're in the last teaching in this Christmas series about Jesus, great man or God. And, uh, we're going to go at it this way. Watch this. What would be the big deal about Christmas if you deleted Jesus from the equation? Okay? If Christmas had never happened, if Jesus had never come to earth, never been born to be the savior of the human race, you know? So it'd be a lot more than just doing without uh, Christmas trees and cards and family gatherings and acts of kindness and good memories. It would be so much more of that that would be gone. Um, th there would instantly be seven would-not-haves, all right? Seven would-not-haves. Here's, here's, you know, now, you need to know something about these would-not-haves. They apply equally to every human, all right? What we're going to look at today, it applies equally to every human. Secondly, it also is true for Christmas 2021, yeah, as much as it is any other Christmas. In other words, it's 100% Omicron proof, all right? All seven of these are 100% Omicron proof. And here's the first one. You would not, number one, without Christmas, we would not, first of all, understand what God is really like. Jesus came into a world that had no shortage of gods. The Romans and the Greeks all had their myths, their legends, their gods, and uh, they, 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 but the gods that they had, and I've studied this in university, the gods that they had, they, they had, you had to stay on their good side or else. <laughs> you had to appease them. You had to win their favor to get good crops or to win a military victory or to have children. The gods were unpredictable, they were moody, they were angry, they were legalistic, and they were often vindictive. Jesus shows up amidst all these gods, and he says, you want to know what God is really like? Take a good look at me. The person that has seen me has seen Father God. And he said this as well, he said, I and the Father are one. 
You know, just take a good look at me if you want to know what God is like. Now, Jesus told a leader in Judaism in a conversation recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 3, Nicodemus, and he said, The reason I left heaven to come to the world is because God's love is that big. God so loved the world, and that's why I'm here. You know, I had a phone call from a person that was new to Christianity and Jesus and all this, and they visited the church, and uh, they, they phoned me that week. We ended up getting together because what was bothering him is what bothers a lot of us, and that is that there's so much violence in the Old Testament. When he was there, I happened to be speaking from the Old Testament. He said, if you just had to read down a bit further, you would have read about all this violence that happens, and, and, and how can that, how can I believe in a God that allows all of this violence? And I explained to him, you know, that that violence was not God's plan, neither is sickness or hatred or racism or, you know, all the, what human beings do to destroy themselves, the pride, the selfishness, the greed, corruption, none of those things. But I said, now look, if you want to know what God is really like, look at Jesus. He was a lawyer. So I said, don't base your conclusions on partial evidence. Don't just see one thing and say, well, therefore, I'm going to generalize about everything else. Because when you base it not on a partial picture, but on the full evidence, the full picture, Jesus is the full evidence. Jesus is the full picture. Scripture says, in Jesus, the fullness of God dwells. And so if you want to get the full picture of what God is really like, you have to look at Jesus. Because Jesus came at Christmas, you and I today can know what God is really like. You know, Jesus could have played it safe and just stayed in heaven, but he came to a violent world to bring eternal peace to all who would receive it because, because that is exactly what God is like. All right, second would not. Would not number two. Without Christmas, we would not know how valuable we are. I mean, it was dangerous to be born in the world that Jesus, uh, you know, that baby in Bethlehem was born into. Human life was not valuable. That's an understatement in that world. Uh, the racist and class system was the norm. If you were handicapped, you were discarded. If you were a woman, you were exploited property. Uh, if you were a child, you, you, you were cheap. Infanticide was common. Uh, if you were rich, it meant you were in God's favor. That's what they believed at the time, popular belief. If you were poor, well, obviously God didn't like you so much. But then Christmas happens and baby Jesus grows up and he goes out and tells people publicly about God and he says, let the children come to me. Let those little children, they're valuable to me. Heaven was made for you, children. He treated women as equal to men. He said to the poor, you've been told God's favor is not on you. I'm gonna tell you the opposite. The kingdom of God belongs to you. You meek people, trampled down by the powerful, you've been told you are powerless losers. I tell you, you meek will inherit the earth. You're the ones who get it all. And so Jesus was the champion of the outcast, the marginalized, the disenfranchised. You know, when he tells the story uh, to an audience of Samaritan 
hating racists. <laughs> he makes the despised Samaritan they hated so much the hero of his story. And he teaches. He tells people straight. He says, you know, the greatest proof that you're valuable to someone is what they'll give up so that you can live. And he says, I'm going to lay down my life so that you can live. That's how valuable you are to me. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you. I want you to live and live forever. And so, all right, look at the third. Now, without Christmas, we would not get beyond religion's limitations to experience grace. We wouldn't get beyond, we just have a religion, but we wouldn't have grace because religion doesn't have grace. It's not a concept that's in any of the world religions. There were some professors at Oxford University that were having a discussion, basically around the question, what makes Christianity different from other world religions? And another Oxford professor was walking by the room where they were having this discussion. A former atheist from Ireland uh, became a Christian, C.S. Lewis, uh, Tales of Narnia fame. And, and he, they, said, they said, Lewis, you know, what makes Christianity different from all world religions. He said, that's easy. One word, grace, grace, grace. Religions are about doing that religion, about being good enough, praying at certain times, keeping religious practices, following traditions, and in the end, all you can hope for at best is some kind of a karma. You've done enough that good will come back to you in the afterlife. Religion says you get what you deserve. Do you know what grace says? You get what you don't deserve. You get what Jesus died to bring you. You get what you did not earn, what you weren't religious enough to have. Religion tells us how to live a certain way, but it doesn't give us <laughs> what we need to live that way. But li li listen to the birth announcement of Jesus. You will call him Yeshua in the Hebrew, Jesus. That means Savior because he will save his people from their sins. You know, every one of us needs what Jesus alone, no religion can bring us, but what Jesus came to bring us, to be our savior. There was a little boy that was writing to Santa Claus. He probably was listening to that song, Santa's gonna find out who's naughty and, and nice when he comes to town. And so he, he wrote a letter to Santa one Christmas. He said, dear Santa, there are three boys living at my house. Jeffrey is two, David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time, David is good some of the time, and Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. <laughs> Norman lied. None of us are good all of the time. All of us need someone that will do something for us that no human, however good, whoever almost perfect they are, no human can do for themselves. I mean, you look around the world, the injustices, the hatred, the gender inequality, the racism, corruption, poverty, female infanticide, planetary crisis, the pandemic. You, you can't fix that with just money and education and science or a change of government. The best religion in the world cannot resolve the human race's biggest issues. We need outside help. We need someone who has what it takes to free us from what is destroying us.
to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Someone who can forgive our past and cleanse away all the consequences of the wrongs we have done and then then get us into a, a future where life is right and just and the way that it was intended to be. Life at its very best. You know, some say, well, if only God would do something about the mass humans have made in our world. If only would love us enough to come from heaven, become one of us, pay for all the damages, and give us another chance at life that he created for us, and then take us into that life for all of eternity. Well, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus is the only one that has done that for us. And so, and so we, we, we wouldn't get beyond religion's limitations to experience grace. And then number four, without Christmas, we would not live in a world impacted by 2,000 years of lives transformed by Jesus. What would the world be like if Jesus had not come to it? Remember, if you've read the Gospels, you know he told his first followers, he said, follow me. And then he sent them out, do for other people what I've done for you. Give them the help and the teaching and the healing that I have given you. And he trained them to love everyone. You you read the Gospels, you'll see it. It's just beautiful. Love everyone, heal, go and clothe and feed and value and visit and and give and care for orphans and, and widows and prostitutes and lepers. Most of all, tell them the good news of why I showed up on the planet at Christmas time to give them two gifts, forgiveness for their past and eternal life for their future. And and so many of his followers got it right. As a matter of fact, sociologist and historian Rodney Stark wrote that, listen to this, one of the main reasons that Christianity grew during the first to fourth centuries while the Roman religions declined was because the mercy that Christians displayed toward people, especially those who suffered physically. And in particular, he writes about how Christians, listen to this, showed mercy during the two pandemics that ravaged the Roman Empire during those first four centuries. You look around the world today, the majority of medical clinics, orphanages, hospitals, The whole nursing profession, Wilberforce's abolition of slavery, they all had their beginnings in people who were trying to be following Jesus and do what he would want done if he was on earth. Can you imagine living in a world with all those without all those Christians doing all those things over these years. Now, now I, I know, and it's sad. It's so sad that some changed following Jesus into a religion and used the name of Jesus to do the opposite of what Jesus taught them to do and showed them to do. You know, the Crusades of the Middle Ages, the atrocities of the Dark Ages, or even the tragedies of residential schools in Canada. But when you, when you step back and you look at the full 2,000 years, what do you see? Did you know the countries in the world where women have the most rights, children have the best access to education, and where people have the most freedoms and options and opportunities in life, they are the countries where Jesus and his followers have had the greatest influence on law 
and culture in those societies. And you've got scientists like Kepler, Pascal, Isaac Newton, Francis Collins, you know, of the Human Genome Project, uh, a recent guest in One Church TO that Pastor Jonathan invited, uh, Dr. Catherine uh, Cahill, a climate scientist. Uh, all of them had this in common. You can read about them. They all did what they did because they were inspired by doing what they wanted to do in life for Jesus. When mass human tragedy happens on the planet, who shows up to help? <laughs> you know, when starvation, natural disasters, tsunamis, AIDS, leaving orphans and widows, who shows up to help? Isn't it world vision and compassion and Samaritan's Purse and Erdo and churches like One Church T.O.? Do you know, there's been millions and millions and millions of dollars that this church family here in Toronto has given to people around the world to help them get medical help and to help them uh, have an orphanage to grow up in and, and to help them be loved and, and fed and to help them find out about the one who loves them most, Jesus Christ. It, 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 it's the truth is, and here in Toronto, our church is, is a love army <laughs> doing unignorable acts of good to people in our city. One of the largest contributors to the food bank. In, you know, without, without, without this church and then so many other churches that are doing even more than what we are doing. What would the world be like if uh, there weren't these, these uh, followers of Jesus that have transformed the world as they have followed Jesus? And then there's number five. Without Christmas, we would not benefit from the community of Jesus followers today. Think about it. If you have no Christmas, you have no church. <laughs> We talked about the good that the church has done over the past 2,000 years. What about the impact of church in your life? Listen, if you found out about Jesus or received Jesus, it's because people before you had a church and there's a church here today that is, is sacrificing and communicating and doing all they can to love and care so that you could find out about Jesus. If you followed Jesus, where would you be if you didn't have a church to grow in Jesus, to worship Jesus? The teachings that have helped you find your way through tough times, the, the friendships, People praying for you, helping you, the youth, the young adults, uh, all kinds of outreaches and, and, and ministries, do, doing missions, uh, helping people around the world together. What, what would you be like today if there wasn't a church on the planet? <laughs> no Christmas, no church, and there'd be no one church, and I wouldn't be encouraging you right now. And isn't it great the way that Pastor Jonathan and staff and leaders not only had the foresight, but just continue to do their best to let nothing stop us from gathering like we are online. Isn't this great to be able to, to, to just encourage one, to pray together, to, to be together online. We benefit from the community of Jesus followers today. And then without Christmas, we would not have a for sure afterlife in heaven. In your lifetime, have you ever lived through two years like these with, uh, <laughs> with hope for the future as uncertain as it is now? I mean, who knows uh, how many waves there's going to be? You know, I remember the pandemic when it first began. We thought, well, we'll get through it together. You know, we'll get through this year. 
How many last year, Christmas 2020, you were saying, this is a different, this is a one-off, this is the one year, next year we'll get back to a normal Christmas. Well, one year later, here we are, you, me, and Omicron. <laughs> I mean, uh, how many waves are there going to be? You, just when we think we can see light at the end of the tunnel, um, it's short-circuited by another wave of the pandemic. You know, how many feel a little bit like the woman who was running way too late with her Christmas preparations, and she was um, in a panic. And so last minute, she went out and she said, I've got to get my Christmas cards. Do whatever you've got to get my Christmas cards out to all my friends and family on my Christmas list. And so she, she saw a picture that she liked on a box of Christmas cards. She grabbed the whole box. She brought them home. She did the envelope addresses. She mailed them out the old school way. And, and, uh, and then a few days later, as she was cleaning up after uh, Christmas, she, she happened to just open one of the cards and read the verse in the card that she had sent out, the identical card, to so many family and friends. And here's what it said inside. This card is just to say, a little gift is on the way. <laughs> Listen, in this, in this special Christmas series, we've seen Jesus is so much more than a great man. He never promised anything he did not come through with. When he came and he said, I'm here to say, the two biggest gifts for humans are on the way. He delivered them. He delivered them. He knew what he was saying. He knew what it would cost him. And he gave the very gifts that he promised. Forgiveness for our past, eternal life for our future. And that brings us to the seventh and the final would not. Without Christmas, we would not celebrate seven do-haves this Christmas 2021. We wouldn't even be able to celebrate them, but we can, and we do. And they're Omicron proof, don't forget. We, because of Christmas, because Christmas did happen, it means that we can understand what God is really like. All we have to do is look at Jesus. It means that we can know how valuable we are. Jesus gave his life for us. It means that we can, we can get beyond religious limitations to experience the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It means that we live in a world impacted by 2,000 years of lives who have been transformed by Jesus. Jesus and have made such a positive difference in our world. And another do-have have we have is this. We have the benefit from the community of Jesus' followers, and that's why I'm talking to you right now. And we have a for sure afterlife in heaven. So what do we do in response? Let's celebrate the seven do-haves this Christmas 2021. Here's what I'm saying, you see? It'd be so easy of all Christmases, just muster it up and just, you know, but then get into a, a state where we focus on and talk about all that we do not have. Yet again, another Christmas. And this last minute, all these setbacks and changes that have happened. Listen, it's easy to let, you, you know where I'm going now, it's going to be easy to let this Christmas during a pandemic, yet again, steal 
rob us from seeing what we do have. So this message is really about gratitude. <laughs> Whatever you don't have this pandemic Christmas, dear one, loved by Jesus, you have so much to be thankful for. <laughs> because Jesus did come that first Christmas. And this life is not all there is. We have so much to be thankful for. Now listen, how many are part of this teaching and you say, Pastor Keith, if I've never opened up my life and received the gifts that Jesus came at Christmas time to give me, I've never received his forgiveness, his gift of eternal life. Listen, let me just pray right now. And if you're saying yes to the love of Jesus, why don't you just whisper this right where you are. I don't know where you are literally in the world right now, but I know Jesus by his spirit is right there with you. And, and, and he's gonna come into your life and he's gonna change you and, and the future is gonna be different for you. So just, just pray with me. If you wanna open your heart to Jesus, just pray these words after me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to earth for me. I say yes to your gifts. I say yes to the forgiveness you died on the cross to bring me. Forgive me all of the wrongs, the failures and sins I've done. Cleanse them away, Jesus. And Lord, I, I give you my life. I'm gonna trust you all the days of my life right into my eternal future with you in heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life. <laughs> oh, listen, if, if you prayed that, Merry Christmas, the true Merry Christmas to you right now. And Pastor Matt will tell you the next step of how you can just keep following Jesus. But let me keep praying for those in our church family. You're a follower of Jesus, but you're going through it this Christmas. Lord, I pray for my church family and everyone who is part of this gathering right now. Lord, we could spend time, a lot of time this Christmas, just uh, focusing on what we don't have. But we, we, we choose right now, in light of having you in our life, Jesus, and all that you've done for us, we choose to not look at the restrictions, but to look at our Redeemer this Christmas. Not to look at the people we can't be with, but to, but to know that you are with us, Lord. And we have an amazing future with you. We choose a Christmas of praise where gratitude rules because, because you left heaven for us because you valued us that much. Thank you that your amazing grace not only cleanses us and gives us what we don't deserve, it gets us home to heaven. And Lord, help us to be faithful, to pass on this good news to others this Christmas, to get our eyes even off of ourselves and how we can make it a better Christmas for other people. Lord, I pray for uh, my church family, for Pastor Jonathan and our leaders, that all of them would be encouraged as we prepare for a, a new year. Lord, none of this caught you by surprise and whatever happens in 2022 will not catch you by surprise. We are so glad that we're going into the future, going into Christmas and a new year with our hand firmly in your hand, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that your grace and your peace, your love and your joy will be with each one who opens our heart to receive those gifts right now. We pray this for each one. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love you, church.
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing, both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.